Hello, this is John speaking with his voice. Welcome to episode three of Gimme Some Truth, the research-based Beatles podcast unraveling the fact from the fiction in the history of the Fab Four. week's episode, I am going to examine another legend in the Beatles story that took place, this time, during the summer recording sessions for the group's 1969 album, Abbey Road. This story involves a car crash, a bed, and John Lennon's participation, or lack thereof, in what would be their final album. The sessions for what would become Abbey Road began as a continuation of work for the Get Back project that had dominated most of January 1969. By the end of January, the group had recorded final versions of 10 songs for their next album. These songs were Get Back, Don't Let Me Down, I've Got a Feeling, One After 909, Dig a Pony, Let It Be, The Long and Winding Road, Two of Us, and For You Blue. Since traditionally, the Beatles' UK albums had had 13 or 14 tracks, work continued to round out the album. The New Musical Express reported in their 1st of February issue that, quote, final recording will take place within the next fortnight, with a view to the LP being released in April or May. However, George entered a University College Hospital on the 7th of February to have two operations the following day. One was to treat a dental cyst, the other to remove his tonsils. With George not leaving hospital until the 15th of February, further work on the album was pushed back. After a week of pre-production work in their Apple studio at Three Savile Row with Glyn Johns, the Beatles began recording I Want You, She's So Heavy at Trident Studios on the 22nd of February. They then took the month of March off. Ringo was busy filming The Magic Christian. First, Paul and Linda, and then John and Yoko got married and honeymooned in their own ways. And George faced a drug bust at his home in Esher and two resulting court appearances. In the meantime, it was decided that Get Back and Don't Let Me Down would form the Beatles' next single, released in the UK on the 11th of April. In the second half of April, the group picked up work on new songs, The Ballad of John and Yoko, Old Brown Shoe, Oh Darling, Octopus's Garden, and work continued on I Want You, She's So Heavy. The Ballad of John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe were destined for the group's next single, released in the UK on the 30th of May. In early May, work began on George's Something and Paul's You Never Give Me Your Money. It was also in the first two weeks of May that an idea was pursued to package this new Beatles album as a 1969 updated version of their 1963 debut album, Please Please Me. The Beatles gathered on two separate occasions at EMI House in Manchester Square to recreate the Please Please Me album cover photograph with original photographer Angus McBean. The contrasting photographs of the group at the start and end of their career posing on the same balcony would later be used as the covers of the 1973 Red and Blue Greatest Hits compilation albums. The Get Back project was then put on hold for the remainder of May and June. 
John and Yoko held their second Bed In for Peace in Montreal, where they recorded the first Plastic Ono Band single, Give Peace a Chance. Paul and family took a long holiday to the south of France and Greece. George finished producing Billy Preston's That's the Way God Planned It LP, and then flew to Sardinia with Patty for a three-week holiday. Ringo, meanwhile, completed filming The Magic Christian, sailed to New York on the QE2, and holidayed in the Bahamas. Get back, back to where you After returning to England from their peace campaign in Canada, John and Yoko decided to take their children, six-year-old Julian and five-year-old Kyoko, on a driving trip of the UK, ending on the north coast of Scotland. John had fond memories of spending his childhood summers there and wanted to show his old haunts to his new family, places he hadn't visited since 1955. So they set out from Surrey in John's Mini on the 21st of June. After two nights in Wales, the Lennons arrived in Liverpool, where they stayed two nights with John's Aunt Harriet and Uncle Norman Birch. Before setting off from Liverpool, John had his chauffeur, Les Anthony, drive up his more spacious Austin Maxi to swap it out for the Mini. From Liverpool, they travelled to Edinburgh to see more relatives. John's Aunt Elizabeth, known as Mater, her husband, Bert Sutherland, and John's cousin, Stanley Parks. On the 30th of June, John and family left Edinburgh headed for the Highlands. By nightfall, they had made it to Golsby. They finished the journey to Durness, their destination, the following day. It was here in a small croft called Sangamore that John had spent his childhood holidays with his relatives. John, Yoko, Julian, and Kyoko spent the day exploring the local sites and then headed back toward Tung in the evening to find a hotel. It was on the narrow, single-track roads around Tongue that John, startled by an oncoming driver, steered his maxi into a ditch. It took an ambulance an hour to reach them, and they were whisked away to Lawson Memorial Hospital in Goldsby. John was given 17 stitches on his chin, Yoko 14 stitches to her forehead, and Kyoko 4 stitches on her lip. Julian was unhurt, but in shock. At some point in the intervening weeks, the get-back tapes were shelved, and it became evident to the Beatles that the new recordings they had produced since February were going to be for a separate album project. As George recalled in the anthology, Well, I think the deal was that, you know, through Let It, Let it Be, it was like we, I left, and we got back on the basis that we've got to just finish it up, make it tidy. So I got back on that basis. Then everybody decided, well, we ought to do one better album. So with George Martin in the producer chair and Phil McDonald as engineer, sessions resumed at EMI Studios on Abbey Road the same day as John's car crash, the 1st of July, with Paul recording a new vocal for You Never Give Me Your Money. John would stay in Lawson Memorial Hospital until the 6th of July, missing sessions on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. During these days, Paul knocked out Her Majesty, and Paul, George, and Ringo, the Threetles, recorded Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight. When John and family were released from hospital on the 6th of July, they were airlifted home to Weybridge via two helicopters and a chartered private Hawker Sidley airplane. 
Although he was back in town, John chose not to rejoin the sessions on the 7th and 8th of July, during which the other Beatles tracked George's Here Comes the Sun. The focus of this episode of Gimme Some Truth is to re-examine when exactly John rejoined the rest of the group at EMI Studios. The conventional timeline is that John and Yoko arrived back to Abbey Road on the 9th of July as work began on Paul's Maxwell Silver Hammer. John himself was vehement in his dislike for the recording of this track in his final 1980 Playboy interview with David Sheff. Asked about the track, John replied, That's Paul's. I hate it. Because all I remember is the track. He made us do it a hundred million times. He did everything to make it into a single, and it never was, and it never could have been. But he put guitar licks on it, and he had somebody hitting iron pieces. And we spent more money on that song than any of them in the whole album, I think. In 1969, however, John was interviewed by Tony MacArthur on Radio Luxembourg around the time of Abbey Road's release in mid-September. At this time, John had a slightly different story to tell. It's a typical McCartney sing-along, or whatever you call them. Oh. He did quite a lot of work on it. I was uh, in... I was ill after the accident when they did most of that track. And I believe he really ground George and Ringo into the ground, recorded it, you know. Uh, now that you know, you're all obviously occupied in diverse facets of the business, um, you know, are there any tracks that uh, any of you sort of have done on your own, completely on your own on this LP, or, or have they been a collective effort at some Not point? Not really. I wasn't on Maxwell. Mm. I think I was on everything else, you know. I was just away for that. It appears that this track really left a negative impression on the group. In a September 1969 interview with Richie York for Rolling Stone magazine, George had this to say about the song. Maxwell's Silver Hammer is, uh, is just something of Paul's, which he's been, we've been trying to record. We, record, we spend a hell of a lot of time on it. And uh, it's one of those that instant sort of whistle-along tunes, which, I don't know, some people will hate and some people will really love it. Mm. No, it's more like um, sort of honey, honey pie, oh, yeah. you know, fun sort of song. Mm. But it's pretty sick as well, because <laughs> the guy gets keeps killing everybody. Yeah. But um, that was good because you know, I had that synthesizer, and oh, it's, yeah. um, that's one of the tunes we use synthesizer on, which is pretty effective on this. Ringo similarly attacked the song in a January 2008 Rolling Stone interview when he was quoted as saying, The worst session ever was Maxwell's Silver Hammer. It was the worst track we ever had to record. It went on for fucking weeks. I thought it was mad. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silver In reality, most of Maxwell was recorded over three consecutive days in July. On the 9th of July, the basic track was recorded in 16 takes. The following two days were dedicated to overdubbing various instruments, and the song was all but complete, save for one further overdub on the Moog synthesizer on the 6th of August. To put this into perspective, John's I Want You She's So Heavy from the same album was recorded in 35 takes on the first day of work and was finished over a total of six sessions. 
twice as many takes, twice as many days. Paul was rightly perplexed by the rest of the group's reaction in an interview for the Beatles anthology when he said, They got annoyed because Maxwell Silverhammer took three days to record. Big deal. Perhaps the other Beatles also remembered working through the song on three different days at Twickenham Film Studios in January 1969 during the Get Back sessions. They spent considerable time rehearsing it on the 7th of January, running through it nearly 30 times that day. But was John even present for the recording sessions in July? In the clip I just played from his 1969 interview with Tony MacArthur, John said he didn't play on it and was away because he was ill after his accident. In the complete Beatles recording sessions, published in 1988, Mark Lewison originally placed John's return on this day, the 9th of July. However, in his 2019 touring show called Hornsey Road, about the making of Abbey Road, Lewison placed John's return on the 21st of July. When I saw the show in Cambridge, I was confused. Hadn't everything I had ever read placed the return date as 9th of July, including Lewison's books? I got the chance to ask Mark about this. He told me there was no evidence to show that John had returned to the studio before 21st of July. In my own subsequent research, I found the following evidence that confirms this later date for Lennon's return to the studio. In the Saturday, 19th of July, 1969 issue of Melody Maker, it was reported, The Beatles' next album release will not be Get Back, the 14-track LP which is finished and ready for a release, Apple press officer Derek Taylor told Melody Maker at press time. Derek Taylor is quoted as saying, It has been decided that Get Back will not be released until December. Although it is finished and ready to go, the company have decided to hold it to coincide with the film. End quote. This is the film documentary of the Beatles at work, which is in the editing stage. The album was to have been released next month, but an album of new Beatles material will be released instead, probably at the back end of September. John Lennon resumes work next week, and the album is expected to be completed in about eight days. The same news was reported in the same day's issue of the New Musical Express under the headline, Lennon Back in Action. The Beatles, including John Lennon, now almost completely recovered from his recent car accident, will return to the recording studios within the next few days to complete work on the second of their forthcoming albums. Another piece of evidence I found which supports John's 21st of July return is in the same Rolling Stone interview with Richie York that George gave in September of 1969. George said, Come together. together. It was one of the ones, um, one of the last ones to be recorded one of John's songs. You know, John was in an accident, so he was off for a period of time, and then when he got back, we, which was only a week or so before we finished the album, we did this one. So I think he wrote it only a month or so ago. Oh, yeah. So it's very new. And uh, it's sort of 12-bar type of tune, and uh, just, it's very... It's one of the nicest sounds we've got, actually. Nice drumming from Ringo, and it's sort of up-tempo, I suppose you call it, a rocker, rocker beat, a boogie. Fan Kathy Sarver, who we heard about in the last episode, and who was in London for July and August that summer, 
confirmed to me that she does not have any photographs of John and Yoko arriving to EMI before this date. Furthermore, known photographs taken by Linda McCartney of Paul, George, and Ringo at work during sessions on the 9th, 10th, and 17th of July show neither hide nor hair of Mr. and Mrs. Lennon. John's further absence from recording between the 15th and the 18th of July meant that he missed overdub sessions for You Never Give Me Your Money, Here Comes the Sun, Something, Oh Darling, and Octopus's Garden. Sessions for Come Together did indeed begin on Monday, the 21st of July, in Studio 3 at EMI. Infamously, John and Yoko's return also saw a double bed installed on the studio floor for Yoko's use. Technical engineer Martin Benge recalled the arrival of the bed. Quote, We were setting up the microphones for the session, and this huge double bed arrived. An ambulance brought Yoko in, and she was lowered down onto the bed. We set up a microphone over her in case she wanted to participate, and then we all carried on as before. We were saying, Now we've seen it all, folks. End quote. John and Yoko had actually returned to the fold the previous evening, the 20th of July, to join the rest of the group at a private screening of a 210-minute edit of Michael Lindsay Hogg's documentary of the Get Back Sessions. This event was also attended by Linda McCartney, Patty Harrison, and George's parents, Harold and Louise. After the screening, at least Paul and John and their wives went out to dinner with Peter Brown and Michael Lindsay Hogg at Provence Restaurant on the Fulham Road. This entire evening and subsequent recording sessions were documented by Yoko with an Instamatic camera that was later stolen. In some of Yoko's photos taken at EMI, she can be seen lounging in the notorious bed. With John back in action, sessions continued through July and August until the album's completion on the 25th. In this time, John participated in the recording of the tracks The End, Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, and Because, plus further overdubs. Abbey Road was released in the UK on the 26th of September and in the United States on the 1st of October. Fans who bought the album would have had no way of knowing that John Lennon did not appear on five of the 17 tracks. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to submit a question or topic for a future episode, you can write to me by email to gimmesometruthpod at gmail.com or contact me on Facebook or Instagram at gimmesometruthpod. I will post visuals for each episode on these platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a future episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review to help me reach more listeners. Until next time, you're listening to Gimme Some Truth. Oh.